there's no correct way to be a human. And there really is no correct way to be creative or artistic or anything like that. In this episode, I share with you a variety of different options and sort of how I got trapped into being less productive because I was trying to follow what other people do, their advice to the letter. What I've realized is, is that I need to check out all of the advice that other people give, take what works, disregard the rest, and sort of discover my myself, discover my artistic process, discover who I am in that regard. In this episode, I will share that process, share my reasoning, and share how I work, as well as share with you a chapter of my book, How to Get Shit Together, called Eliminate As Many Decisions As Possible, to sort of give you a deep dive into the book, as well as into how I work. You're going to love this one. Enjoy. There's a really cool book that helped me in my journey for writing and art and creativity in general. It's called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work. And I'm going to chuck a link down below so you can check it out for yourself. But I wanted to share the concept of it with you. This book basically gives a mini biography of a variety of different artists of different um, from different times and of different sort of modalities, you know, some writers, some creatives, some drawers, some musicians, all of those sort of things. And it talks about the daily rituals. And, you know, you're, you're presented with famous person after famous person, successful person, successful person, and they show you what their working routines are like. As in, you know, one guy gets up early at exactly this time, and then he starts writing at exactly this time, and then he you know, does all of these sort of stuff. Or another guy might be very free-flowing or another person might, you know, do a normal day job and then take a week or a month or a year off, put it, put themselves away in a cabin and then work, right? What you end up discovering is that as you watch it, you see that there's no one formula for success. You see that there's no, there's no one right way to be a successful artist because you look at all of these successful artists, you look at what they're doing, and you realize that, my God, they're all doing it differently. This really helped me because I realized that, okay, I don't need to follow what other people are doing to be successful myself. I actually need to discover myself and what works best for me. Now, that helped me to get going and sort of go down that process. But unfortunately, it's hard to know exactly what will work for you without trying a bunch of ideas. So I've tried to be crazy disciplined. I've tried to be just letting it come as it, you know, sort of letting the creativity flow and just sort of going with it. I've tried to be consistent. I've tried to just do a piecemeal. I've tried a whole bunch of different things. And I'm sort of just slowly discovering what is working for me. And I'm going to share that. But the real crux of the message is, is if you've got a creative process or something that you want to create, listen to the book, read the book. I, I chose to listen to it as an audio book. I'll chuck the link down below, like I said. But for anyone that's creative out there, it is so, so, so worth it because you'll see all of the different approaches. The reason I'm talking about it today is that despite knowing that, despite knowing that process, I get trapped by following other people and not knowing my own process. So I've started writing and I've done about seven chapters, about 10,000-ish words on my novel that I'm working on called Lucidity. And I was getting into this groove and I was doing it every Friday. And then I'm, I'm looking at, well, what do famous and successful authors suggest about how you should be a good writer? And they're like, read and write every day. I'm like, okay, so I'll start writing Lucidity more. I'll start reading more. And then 
I became overwhelmed. I faced a bit of failure with that and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I stopped writing it. Just stopped. Okay. So I had an approach that was working. I was working on Lucidity for three to four hours on every Friday. And it was working for me. And then I'm like, okay, but how, how do other people do it? And I decided to change up my process to attempt their process. And it just chopped the knees out of the project. And I haven't been able to look at it since. And I was just thinking about this last night and, you know, this morning with my meditations. And I'm like, hang on, what am, what am I doing? Like, just because other people do it their way doesn't mean that that way works for me. It would be a shame to not do it, to feel like I have to do it their way and never have the project be created. And then I thought to myself, well, it's like, how do you work, Zach? I'm saying this to myself. How, how do you work? And then I realized that I have a bunch of different projects going at once. I have this podcast. I have the, the Motherland podcast and the One Minute Life Hack podcast. I have the Share Your Story project. I have a blog. I have a variety of other little things. I've got a bunch of different book ideas. So I realized, okay, the Skillshare courses, a variety of things, right? Okay, you clearly don't work on one project at a time. And perhaps when, when writers say, you know, write every day, they're talking about do your craft every day. But my craft per se isn't writing. I'm not a writer exclusively. I do little videos. I write. I blog. I do Skillshare courses. I create merchandise. I coach people, right? My craft, quote unquote, has a variety of different components in it. So for me to just just do the writing section of just a fiction book, I realized I was limiting myself and sort of cutting the, cre the creativity process. Now, this means that it will take me far longer to write Lucidity, but really it won't because it'll mean that Lucidity will be written because I will have a process to do it. I realized I was putting undue pressure on myself and sort of trying to fit myself to a mold that I just don't exist with. I realized that I work that way. And then I'll talk to people online, talk to friends, talk to family, talk to fans, watch all of the videos of other people doing it. And they all have all different advice for me. Try this, do this, write every day, write more, blah, whatever. They're not me. They're not me. They're not in my brain. They're not in my world. They're not seeing my problems. They're not seeing my mental state, all of that sort of stuff. Fine. So I need to know myself. So then I remembered this book, Daily Rituals. And this is why I'm sharing this with you. Because I wanted to highlight the fact that although you'll be listening to my advice, take it for what it's worth, right? Consider it, try it, and disregard everything that doesn't work for me, right? And But from everyone. This is what I, I've realized the way that I've sort of gotten my shit together, for lack of a better expression, is to look at world-class performers in different areas and taken pieces from them. And every time I find a new person, I go hard on their approach. And then I go, okay, well, I like this aspect, and then I disregard the rest. So then I've added that part of them to me because I'm going, okay, well, I need more discipline. I found a disciplined person. I need more... Self-awareness, so I found a self-awareness person. I need more self-love, so I found a self-love person. I need more abstract thinking, so I found that person, right? I need more writing help, etc., etc., etc. However, I'm not that person. Now, no matter the results that that awesome person is getting with their method, that's not my method. My method is going to be different. Now, obviously, I'll lean down specific pathways, and the people that I'm finding to help me will give me specific advice that I need. And finding those people is always amazing because I've 
I know that there's certain things that I'm lacking or certain things that I want to improve upon. So I find those people. Good. Great. But following those people's advice completely kills me. It doesn't make sense. I'm not those people. So the whole point of this is to, to put this back on you. If you have a project that you want to accomplish, a life goal, a creativity work, anything that you want to do, take advice from me, take advice from people online, take advice from friends and families, but ultimately you're the one that is doing the work. And if you find an approach that is working for you that doesn't exactly fit anyone's mold, that's probably what's going to happen to make you the most efficient, the most effective and produce the best results, right? I realized that there, there's a real risk of me not following through with something like a lucidity because this is a fiction book. And for me, fiction writing is hard. It's harder than talking about like doing this podcast. It's harder than writing self-help. It's harder than doing the coaching. It's harder than doing all of the stuff I do. The reason I started doing fiction in the first place is because it was specifically a challenge. And I'm like, man, I would love to be able to do this, but I don't know if I can. So how can I possibly do that? if I'm following someone else's advice? How can I possibly do that if I forsake all of the stuff I know about myself to go down someone else's path? Now, I will take the advice of other people, I'll try it, but I'll keep what works for me and disregard the rest and add a bit of my own intuition in there. One one of the benefits of reading widely is that you get this eclectic view of how humans should human, for lack of a better expression, right? If you read or follow or watch enough of what I do, you'll get an idea for how I operate. If you read or watch or follow 10, 20, 50 people like me, as in not like me, but online projecting themselves or read 50 books, you've now got 50 different views of the world. Extrapolate that exponentially, right? Watch what people do in real life that you know. Watch what people do online that you know. Read books of famous authors giving advice or just what they're doing and get a, get a feel for them. And that way you've got hundreds of different ideas and you go, okay, from this bank of hundreds of people, what works for me? This is how I'm establishing morning routines that work for me. This is how I'm establishing writing protocols that work for me. This is how I'm establishing mental health stuff that works for me. In my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, it's very eclectic. It's very, it's broad, right? But it's what works for me. Now I share it with you because I've taken advice from a variety of different sources and worked out what works for me. Will all of How to Get Your Shit Get your shit together work for you? Probably not. But if you read it and you get 25% solid advice and that 25% just works for you and you lock that in, that's a win, right? If you can, if you read another book and you get 10% of the advice from that book, awesome. That's a win. That means that book actually helped you. I read a book by Mark Manson called Models. And this is basically, the, the subtitle is How to Attract Women Through Vulnerability. Now, it's, it's, for lack of a better expression, a pickup book. Did it help me to pick up people? No, it helped me to express vulnerability and be okay with myself and be confident. It helped me in a variety of ways. Did, I, did it hit the mark that the author was intending? Maybe, maybe not. Did I take all the advice from the book? Definitely not, but it definitely hit the mark, right? Just one idea there. So what I'm getting at is, is you'll take advice from different people. And you'll find what works for you. So once again, I can't suggest enough you considering, grab yourself a copy of the book. I'll put the link down below. Daily daily Rituals, How Artists Work. And 
just get a, get this overall feel that there's such a different view of how different people work. And if you're doubting, like you might find that, okay, well, I need to exercise before I write, or I need to wake up in the middle of the night and that'll help me to do my art. Or I can only do art after I get home from work and have a double large coffee. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever works for you, right? I need to do specific prayers or meditations before I work, whatever. It'll give you this overview of what you you could, what other people do, and then maybe you start applying it for your own life. Yeah, try it. Now, for those of you that are watching online, you'll miss out on this next part because basically I'm, you know, as you know, I share, for most of my podcasts, I share a chapter of a book that I've written. So going down this path of what I'm going to be sharing with you. So if you are watching the video, I apologize. I'll put the link down below so you can listen to the rest of the podcast via audio. It's called the How to Get Your Shit Together podcast. You can find it everywhere. But for those that are listening, I'm going to share a chapter of the book, How to Get Your Shit Together. This chapter is called Eliminate As Many Decisions as Possible. Okay? Eliminate as many decisions as possible. Why am I sharing this chapter with you? Well, because for me, this approach to work and to life works. So I want to give you this insight into my world here and it might help you. So for me, just for a little bit of a backstory before I play this chapter for the people watching, I find that if I can eliminate decisions in any aspect of my life so I don't have to think about it, it helps to clear my mind so I can just do the creative work that I like. So for me, people that know me, they'll be like, do you ever wear different clothes? Right, I've had that comment a lot. Because I'll go to a party and then I'll go to a gathering, you know, a week later and I'll wear the same clothes. Why? Because those clothes fit me and they work. I've got four of the same exercise shorts and jumpers. I've got seven of the same sort of long sleeve tops. I've got a variety of different clothes that suit different things that I think look good on me, that do look good on me. But they're all the one size, one shape, one cut, and oftentimes one color. Why? Well, I figure that if something looks good on me and I don't need to think about my wardrobe, that's a help because I don't want to waste time every day debating what am I going to wear? What did I wear last time? What did other people think? Enough. I will just eliminate those decisions. You don't need to think about it, right? Same thing. What do I do in the mornings? Well, I get up, I meditate, I do these specific meditations, I do these specific exercises, I do my Russian lesson and done. My morning is done. I don't eat until 12 o'clock, intermittent fasting. Why? Because it eliminates the decision of breakfast. It helps with a variety of other things, but it eliminates those decisions. So wherever possible, I aim to eliminate as many decisions because it saves time and it helps me with my anxiety and it also, there's the decision fatigue. If I decide make too many decisions, it's like I've wasted all of this sort of mental space, mental energy, and then I don't have that to put towards creative processes. So that's something that works for me. So for the video, I'll sign you guys off, but for the audio, check it out, listen. And like I said, for everything, everything I do, I'm putting it online for free over time. So this book is out as a paperback, ebook, and audio book put the link down below. And if you grab yourself a copy, it helps me out, helps you out. But if you subscribe to my email list, or if you just follow along with the podcast or whatever, eventually I'll get through all of my books, all chapters. It will take years. It's out there for free. Why do I do it for free? Well, basically I want to make sure that advice that works, advice that could have helped me when I moved out of home at 15 and couldn't afford a book is free and available. 
However, I'm aware that people will want to support what I'm doing. And I'm also aware that people will want the advice now and, you know, helps me out, obviously. So grab yourself a copy if you like. If not, here's eliminate as many decisions as possible. Catch you to the video, guys. So yeah, eliminate as many decisions as possible. Enjoy. Chapter 4.6. Eliminate as many decisions as possible. You've heard the saying, analysis creates paralysis. You can't be 100% sure of anything. Mark Burnett. Decision making comes at a cost, particularly to those of us who have an issue with anxiety or related mental afflictions. If you break down what a decision is as a concept, you discover that it is the contemplation of multiple different futures simultaneously. You are then choosing which future you would like to live in, along with the acceptance of all of the consequences of that future. This is true for all decisions, both the small, what clothes to wear, what to eat, and what movie to see, as well as the large, where to live, what career to pursue, and what relationships to create. Every time that you need to make a decision, you are using mental energy, energy that may be better spent elsewhere. If you have to make too many decisions too quickly, you may become overwhelmed with a choice and subsequently paralyzed by indecision. I know this is true for myself and many other people with anxiety-related issues. We are fine with decision-making, but if you ask us to make too many decisions, or if we are already in a compromised mental state, we may become overwhelmed and subsequently suffer a breakdown. In order to accommodate for decision-based anxiety, I make every effort to eliminate as many decisions as possible. Not only does this reduce my overall anxiety level, but it also gives me more time each day, because the less decisions I have to make, the more time I have available. I want to eliminate as many trivial decisions for my life as possible, leaving much more mental space and time for what I really care about. If you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you will never get it done. Bruce Lee For example, when I realised that every morning I was spending a lot of time and mental energy choosing what clothes to wear, I decided to simplify my wardrobe. I got rid of most of the clothes that I owned and replaced them with multiple identical items that suit me. This meant purchasing multiple copies of the same shirts, jumpers, pants, socks and underwear. Now, no matter what the occasion, I have an outfit that I know works well together, regardless of the individual items that I happen to pull out of the cupboard. All I need to do is choose the appropriate jacket and shoes required for the occasion. I apply the same logic to choosing my gym clothes. I have seven pairs of identical shorts and singlets that I wear each day in the gym. That way, I can wake up, chuck on my clothes, and get to the exercise session without having to make any decisions. This is great for those low motivation mornings. I don't really care what a stranger thinks of what I'm wearing, but if they did, they'd be left with a good impression. In reality, a stranger will only see me once. So if I have the same clothes, I'm guaranteeing that they are seeing me at my best. True, I will always look the same around friends and family. But they accept me and my eccentricities for the most part. Funnily enough, going bold has helped this approach. Initially, I fought it, of course, and hated the fact that I was balding. But now I count it as a blessing in disguise. I now have a look 
It is consistent and easy to maintain. I never have to make the choice about how I want my hair to look. I just shave and go. Clearly, my wardrobe simplification approach will not be for everyone. Many people feel that their clothes are a form of expression, vital to their self-image, or they take pride in dressing as stylishly as possible for each occasion. Make sure that you live by your values with all things. But just consider what you read here with an open mind, because you may be surprised at the benefits that some small, unexpected changes could bring. Basically, I want my brain to be as free as possible to focus on my priorities, not on the minutia. I take a similar approach to eating as I do with my wardrobe. In Find Your Ideal Diet, I outlined what I eat in order to ensure that I'm enjoying my food, satisfying my cravings, and getting all the required amount of nutrients. To this end, my daily diet is 70% the same every day. The remaining 30% of food varies with family dinner and some snacking. But for the most part, my breakfast and lunch is always the same. This eliminates all food-based anxieties around over or under eating, as well as the wasted time choosing what I'll eat each day. If you check into how much time you waste choosing what food you want to eat, you'll be surprised. Think of how long it takes at the supermarket when you're looking at literally every item contemplating if you want to purchase it or not. This diet doesn't get boring because I will eat a different dinner each day. This ensures that I'm really present and mindful during those meals because they provide the variation in my diet. I would also suggest applying the approach of eliminating as many decisions as possible into a professional setting. Find the best brands of every item of stock, inventory and perishables for whatever field you're in and just stick to it. Not only does it save time in decision making and purchasing, but it also means that you get used to the specific qualities of each tool used. A pen seems like a pen, right? As a writer, I need to make sure that I have a pen and notepad that I love. It helps me to write. Once I've discovered a brand that fit my hand and writing style perfectly, I purchased a bunch in bulk. The pen I chose, thankfully, isn't the most expensive, but it is the one that suits me best. Now I know with certainty which stationery I need. No decision required. Apply this same approach to your line of work. I'm now integrating the concept of morning and nighttime rituals as a way of further eliminating decision making. The idea is that if I know what consistently helps me to have a positive, productive and mentally healthy day, I should do it each morning. Similarly, if I know what things produce the best quality of sleep each night, I should do those things each night. When I started toying with this concept, I was very regimented with what I would do. My mornings were planned out to the minute, with particular tasks allotted particular times. However, I soon realised that this approach was causing me more issues than it solved. I ended up becoming a slave to the ritual, and became anxious about breaking it. In addition, life kept getting in the way. Now, I instead opt for a more morning guideline kind of approach. I aim to wake up at 6.30am, wash up and have some water. From there, I will do some Tai Chi and seated meditation. I will then do some form of exercise, followed by a large breakfast. Once those activities are complete, I'm ready to perform whatever tasks are on my to-do list. Similarly, I have a general guideline for the night time. I found that having a bath and reading fiction to be amazing activities to induce sleepiness. Each night, I will write on my to-do list for the next day and set my alarm clock 
and place my phone to charge. That way I can go from the bath to the book and then to bed without having to play with my phone or alarm. This eliminates any possibility of distracting myself online or with worrying about the time that I'm getting to bed. I want to make it clear that eliminating these decisions hasn't come at a cost to my quality of life. In fact, I've improved it substantially. My goal is to eliminate the decisions that don't really matter, freeing up my mind and time to focus on what does. It's also important to make it clear that this is a slow and ongoing process of elimination. The advice I suggested in Chapter 3.5, Change Your Habits Slowly, should certainly be applied here. I would have failed at changing my diet, dress, and wake and sleep routines all at once. Yet, over time, those changes have been godsends. Take it slowly. Frequently Asked Questions Won't you get bored with having all of those things so regimented? Certainly. But it's important to remember that I'm free to change any of those decisions at any time. I could get new clothes, eat different food, and go to bed doing something completely different. It's all up to me. I have changed, and will continue to change those choices into the future. On a day-to-day -day basis, however, I like this approach because it means that I can focus on what matters to me most. Writing my next novel, spending time with my family, and training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu are far more important to me than the clothes I wear or the variety of food that I eat. How do you settle on a decision and stick to that decision for so long? Aren't you worried about being wrong? It is all trial and error. Take my diet, for example. This is always a work in progress, but as it stands, I'm happy with it. I'm fulfilled, not bloated, not craving anything, and I'm getting all of the nutrition I require. This took time and a lot of false starts to get into, and I'm constantly refining it. When you find something that works, it will stick on its own accord. Keep at it. Summary. The less decisions you have to make, the more mental space you can devote to what actually matters. Slowly eliminate as many decisions as possible. So that was a chapter from my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. Like I said, if you'd like to grab yourself a copy, it's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audio book. It's very comprehensive, this book. There's six parts, overcome anxiety, defeat depression, move on from trauma, get organized, find meaning, and follow your dreams. That's where the book's broken into. And each of those parts have six to 10 chapters inside, which one of those chapters you just heard. So as you'll get a feel for it, the book is quite big. It's, I think it's something like 110,000 words. It's a decent read, right? But I've broken it up into bite-sized chapters. The idea being that you can read a chapter at a time and you can read the chapters in any order, depending on what you feel you need at the time. So I wrote it to be read as a paperback book but the majority of people are grabbing the audio copy. So if you would like to do so, grab your copy, take a listen. If not, um, just keep following along with the podcast, subscribe, and you know when the podcasts come out, you'll be able to listen to them online for free. So thanks for listening, guys. Have an amazing day. Catch ya.